0: Well, good morning, Christ Chapel. Great to worship with you. Hello to all of you joining us online, whether you're at, uh, also at Converge, let's see, West Campus, Hive, South Campus, and for the very first time, hello to all of you joining us in Granbury. Uh, the Granbury gathering kicked off today, so super excited for all of you. Yep. Those folks in Granbury have been meeting for over a year now, and today is their official launch, so super excited about what God is going to do in and through you in that backyard of Hood County. Uh, But speaking of about a year ago, about a year ago, uh, one of my friends gave me a gift that really changed my life. And, And I know that that sounds like an overstatement, but it really isn't and i'll explain why because uh, the the gift that the person gave me was an apple watch in in fact i'm I'm wearing my apple watch uh, right now and the reason why this apple watch changed my life was not because it sent me texts right to my wrist which i honestly don't enjoy that much Uh, but what changed my life were these three little rings these three little rings changed my life because what these three little rings represent are healthy habits for a, a healthy physical life. Uh, there's one ring that represents, this outer ring represents how many calories you burn per day. This green ring represents how many uh, minutes you exercise per day. And this blue ring is the stand ring. It makes sure that you're not living a sedentary lifestyle. It makes sure you stand a certain amount of minutes every particular hour. And so this watch changed my life. And it wasn't just because it had these rings, but it was because my watch began to measure all of those things. My watch, you know, measures my heart rate, it measures my movement, it can measure different things, and when it measures those different things, it calculates it on my watch. And then as I burn more calories, those rings fill in, or as I exercise more minutes, that ring fills in, and it fills in with the color, and if I stand an hour, that ring fills in. So it tells me not only what I should be doing every day if I want to live a healthy lifestyle. It tells me how I'm doing if I want to live a healthy lifestyle. It illustrates this is what you should be doing, and this is how you're doing on a daily basis it's been very helpful for me as the watch challenges me it's 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 an accountability partner on my wrist telling me this is what I should be doing but it also encourages me to close these rings every day in fact at the end of the day it might say if you take a one minute brisk walk you will close your exercise ring or Sometimes you know, if you'll take a 20 minute brisk walk, uh, you'll close your exercise ring. You can set it at different levels, but it's an encouragement to me. And I have, uh, maybe this is just me and my personality, but wanting to close those rings, I have found myself at night just walking up the stairs, up and down the stairs, just so it'll give me the satisfaction of, you closed your ring. I don't tell anybody else, but inside I'm going, yeah, baby, yeah. You know, it gives you that sense of, this is what I'm supposed to be doing if I want to live a healthy lifestyle, not only what I should be doing, but how I'm doing. You know, this past year, we have been talking to you about, and really the past two years, about what our vision is as a church. And our vision is that we would reach the 800,000 in our own backyard who do not know or walk with Jesus. But in order for us to fulfill that vision as a church, we have to double down on discipleship. And what I mean by a discipleship is you and me becoming the disciples that God has called us to be. We have to double down on what that means and what that looks like because we are not going to reach the 800,000 if it's all up to only people who have a church staff name tag. There's no way. Every one of us who is a Christ follower has a responsibility to be his disciples, to make disciples, and reach out to those who do not know or walk with Jesus. Everyone shares that responsibility. And so, in order for us to reach the 800,000, we have to get serious about you being, making, and reaching. There's a phrase that I learned here at Christ Chapel that is really axiomatic. It applies to all areas of life. And it says nothing becomes dynamic until it becomes specific. Nothing becomes dynamic until it becomes specific. If we want you, if we want our church to be dynamic, moving into our own backyard, stepping into people's lives that don't know Jesus so that we can share the eternal hope that we have in him, then we've got to get really specific about what that means. Until it becomes specific, nothing becomes dynamic. And today we are ready to share with you some of those specifics about what that means to be, make, and reach. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. So today, it is a special day, and that's why you have a special handout. Those are kind of your sermon notes for today. You'll notice they're very different than what you get on a weekly basis, but we still left space for you to take notes. If you need announcements for what's going on in the week, please visit the website. But what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how we fulfill the vision this next year. The vision is to reach the 800,000 in our own backyard, but how do we do that? And today we're going to launch into that how and get very specific for you. Uh, If you read the pastor's desk, I told you about the things that are incorporated into a couple's special day, their wedding day, and it goes with that old poem. Do you remember that old poem? that the couple has something old, something new, something borrowed and something blue, great. I told you that that's how they launch and those are all symbolic for different things. Well, today as we launch together into this new vision about what this looks like, All of those elements are incorporated in this vision, and I'll explain what I mean. So first, something old, something old. What I want you to know is this uh, means or method of doubling down on discipleship is not new to our church. That is very old. In fact, it's how our church began. Our church's mission is Colossians 1.28, Colossians 128, which is at the bottom of that handout that you have. And I wanted you to have that so that you can, uh, you obviously take this home, so that you remember that that has been our mission and always will be our mission as a church. In fact, if you went down to the chapel down at the Fort Worth campus, uh, what used to be called the old sanctuary, there is a plaque that is down there on the wall, and it states, Colossians 1, 28 and 29, and it goes through the verse, him we proclaim, admonishing every man, teaching every man with all wisdom that we may present every man complete in Christ is the basic objective and overriding purpose for our ministry established September 1980. And they came to that location in 84. This is the mission of our church it is discipleship, that you would be mature in Christ. So that is old, this doubling down into discipleship. I want you to understand that that is timeless, but it's something old and something new. Good. And the new that we're going to be introducing today is new language, new language, new definitions new expectations about what that means so that we are all on the same page, what it means to be a disciple, what it means to make disciples, what does it mean to reach out to those who do not know or walk with Jesus. But even though I'm introducing new language, the concepts are not new. Be, make, and reach is not new. They're, they're in this verse. If you looked at this verse, it says, it says, They changed it here. Him we proclaim. What is that? That is reach. We're proclaiming who Christ is, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom. What is that? That's making disciples. Uh, That that is the, the make initiative that we may present everyone mature in Christ. That's you being a disciple, a fully mature disciple. So although the language might be new, the concepts are not new. They're right here in our mission. So there's something old, something new, something borrowed. Good. What we're borrowing is the strategy of closing the rings. That's the strategy we're borrowing. This idea that we need to close our rings and the reason why we're using this strategy um, is very intentional, and it's because I want you to understand that being a disciple is a daily habit. These are these are habits. That, that I've incorporated into my life, and I'm sure you incorporate into your life, that every day we need to move and exercise a little bit. We shouldn't just be sitting down all day. Those are daily habits that keep us physically healthy. And what applies to our physical health also applies to our spiritual health, that we should have those habits built into our everyday lives that say, oh, this is what I should be doing if I wanna be spiritually healthy, being a disciple. If I want to be spiritually healthy, making disciples. Spiritually healthy, reaching out to those who don't know Jesus. So this idea of incorporating these daily habits is what we're going to be doing with the strategy of closing the rings. And so what we are doing is we're bringing these rings to you. There's going to be a ring for each one. Be, make, and reach. And the idea is, our, our IT team is working on this. I don't know how they're going to do it, but they tell me that they're going to do it. That you are going to have your very own personal dashboard, your own app that you can open up and you can see how you're doing in your be, make, and reach. Now, some of you, you go, that sounds very Big Brother-ish. You're, you're, you're looking in on how I'm doing. Yes! Yes, I do want to know how you're spiritually doing. Folks, that is what me and our elders are called to do, is to be about your spiritual health. I have to, and our elders have to give account to God for your spiritual health. So yes, I do want to know how you're doing. But I also want to encourage you to be a spiritually healthy disciple. And so, as we incorporate this strategy of closing these rings, just like my watch will say, hey, if you stand up for a minute, you'll close that stand ring. That we can now give you some ideas and push those out to you and say, hey, it looks like you need help closing your make ring. Can we offer some suggestions for you? Just so that we help you be a spiritually healthy disciple. So hopefully by September, you, this will be incorporated into our technology so that you can look at how you're doing personally and help close those rings. So something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. Okay, I realize I guess that's new to some of you, this whole saying. It's very old. I know it's traditional. But what is blue is just this reach ring. And here's, here's why I emphasize that is because that's what we are emphasizing this next year. It's why we're going through the book of Acts is because we're emphasizing reaching those in our own backyard who do not know or walk with Jesus. And here's what I know about closing this reach ring, that if I focus on closing that reach ring, if I focus on being outwardly focused then it necessitates me being a disciple and making a disciple. It necessitates I I have to be a disciple in order to reach out to others. I have to make disciples if I want everyone in my own backyard to be reached. If I focus on the reach, it necessitates be and make. I'll, I'll give you an illustration. One thing that I found with my watch and my physical exercise rings, if I focus on the right amount of exercise per day, the right number of minutes, then usually my other rings will close. I'll burn enough calories, I'll stand enough. If I focus on one, usually the other two will take care of themselves. That's why I'm emphasizing, and that's why we are emphasizing this blue reach ring this next year. It necessitates us being and making. And you say, well, why don't we emphasize be? Because if we emphasize be, then we'll just stay there. All of us would. We all have a tendency to drift inward. We all have a tendency to drift and stay what is comfortable, But when God calls us and pushes us out of our comfort zone and we begin focus on reaching those who do not know or walk with Jesus, we've got to exhibit some faith. We've got to start depending on him. We've got to start asking people to sharpen us, to help us, to pray for us. Again, if we focus on the reach, the be and make are necessary to doing that. So we're emphasizing reach. We're not eliminating be and make. All three rings matter. All three rings matter. So what I want to do is I want to walk through what those different rings mean. And I'm going to give you some definitions of what it means to be, make, and reach. I'm going to give you a habit of a healthy disciple for each of those. And then I'm going to give you a help. that If you need help beginning that habit, here's what we would recommend. Now, a couple of quick asides before we jump into definitions, uh, habits, and helps. Uh, first, uh, we are focusing on tweaks and small wins. Tweaks and small wins, okay? In each of our individual lives, what I want is for each of us to take our next step. And the reason why we're focusing on tweaks and small wins is because tweaks stick. Tweaks stick. If if I ask you to... Uh, tomorrow, you know, in one day, go and read the entire Bible, you might try to do that and go do that, but that you can't do that on a daily basis. That doesn't doesn't stick. But small tweaks, those stick. And so that's what we're going to be focusing on as we look toward this. It's also one of the reasons why I'm only going to give you one habit that we're going to begin asking you to incorporate into your everyday lives this next year. You might say, I'm, I'm good with that habit. Where's the, where's the other six of them? We don't have those yet, okay? And if you say you're good in one of these areas, here's what I recommend. How are you doing in the other two? Because all three rings matter, okay? So we're gonna give you those, we're gonna go through here and give you habits, but we're talking about tweaks and small wins. Also, another quick aside that I want, to, want you to recognize is when we implement this strategy of closing the rings, this is very self-directive discipleship, meaning you're going to have to come up with some of those ways that God is calling you to be, make, and reach in your own backyard, I can't give you every step of the way. You're going to have to depend upon God. You're going to have to build your relationship with him. You're going to have to learn how to listen to him and what he is telling you. Because if I gave you everything that you're supposed to do, I would just check every box and go, I'm done. No, God's not done with you. What is he directing you? So there's a self-directive aspect to this. My watch, when when we talk about the physical rings, my watch doesn't tell me what exercise I have to do. It just tells me I have to exercise a certain amount of minutes. If I wanna go run, I go run. If I wanna row, I row. If I I swim, I swim. I, I can fill that exercise ring however I want to. God is going to lead you individually, which is something I'm super pumped about. He's going to lead you individually in your own life to be, make, and reach in your very own unique ways, and I am thrilled, okay? So let's jump into the definitions. I want to break it down for you so that you understand exactly what we're talking about as we give you definitions for be, make, and reach habits and help. So let's talk about the first ring, the B ring. Okay, The B ring, when we talk about being, what we want to ask you is, am I growing in Christ? And you say, that's not a definition, Cody, that's a question. It's a definition. And the reason why I'm going to phrase these definitions in questions is, one, I think it's more memorable. But two, this is a question that you and I should be asking ourselves every day every day, am I growing in Christ? Because remember, that's the mission of our church, that you would be a fully mature disciple. And when we talk about maturity, maturity necessitates growth. You're you're growing in your maturity. And so that's why this is the definition for B. Am I, personally, growing in Christ? You can ask yourself that question. But what does that mean to be a mature, growing Christian? Well, there's a reason why we've been studying the Gospel of Matthew last year because this is where our definitions are going to come from as we embody the heart of Jesus. Remember we talked about that last year? So these, def- these scriptures are going to come from the book of Matthew. So what does a fully mature disciple look like? Jesus says, Love the Lord your God, With all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. If Jesus is your Savior, then you should be loving him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And you say, Cody, that is impossible for me to do on a daily basis. This is why discipleship is a lifetime endeavor. Because the love that he is talking about having for God is holistic. It incorporates every area of my life. And every day, in a a sense, I fall short in this. And that's okay. Jesus knows, but he wants me to grow. And every day, to love him a little bit more with my heart, soul, and mind. Every day, Am am I growing? in my love for God. And if you say, yes, Cody, I've done that. Well, let me point out that the word love here is the agape love. That's the sacrificial love, the love that runs deeper than intellect and runs deeper than emotion. This is the one that sacrifice that says, I am a living sacrifice for you, God. Use the life that you have given me for your sake. Now, if you're hitting that every minute of the day, praise God. For everyone else, there's room for us to grow, myself included. This is why we can ask ourselves in this question of am I growing in Christ is always applicable but something we should be challenged in every day in our growth with Christ. So what's the habit that we want you to incorporate in your life? Well, you cannot grow in your love for Christ if you do not know Christ. So the habit that we want you to incorporate into your everyday life is reading the Bible regularly. Reading the Bible regularly. Yes, I hope that you're doing this every day, and there's so many different ways that that you can do this. Uh, Some of you, I know you have reading plans, which are great. Uh, Some of you get scriptures emailed to you uh, in your inbox. Awesome. That's great. Some of you walk through the Bible chronologically. Those are all wonderful. You are winning. Praise God, which by the way, if you do not have a Bible, Jen and I will buy you a Bible, You need a copy of the scriptures. You need to hear who God is yourself. Because when you read the scriptures, you're not just learning about who God is. You're learning about who you are. It's teaching you about you. If you remember, this isn't on your notes, but Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says that the word of God is living and active, And it describes it as sharper than a two-edged sword. And it says it cuts us so deep. It goes so deep into us that it judges the thoughts and intentions of our hearts. You see, when we read God's word, it teaches us not only who God is, but who we are. And how we can relate to him. How we can walk with him. How we can grow in him. And so we want you incorporating this habit of reading the Bible regularly, whatever that looks like for you. And maybe you're reading the Bible regularly. Awesome. We want you to grow in that knowledge. We're actually talking to DTS about doing some more classes here if you are ready for super advanced uh, stuff. But maybe you've never read the Bible before. Maybe, Maybe reading the Bible regularly on a daily basis is just really a big step for you. Here's the help that I'm going to give you just to get started. Help. I'm going to ask that you read ahead of time the passage to be preached each Sunday. Okay? Every Friday, we send out what's called From the Pastor's Desk. It's an email that tells you what we're preaching on, what's coming up on Sunday morning. Beginning next week, I'm going to incorporate, I'm going to tell you the exact Scripture reference that we're going to be covering. And if you'll just begin to read that, that will begin to till the soil in your own heart and God will begin to, you you will hear God much more clearly through the message than you did before if you read it ahead of time, I I promise. And that will be a way that you can begin to start reading the Bible regularly. And if you've never done this, here's what I recommend, two very important things to beginning this habit I, I found in my own life. I think it's true in a lot of others is have a plan and have a place. Have a plan and have a place. So maybe your plan, we send out that, that on Friday uh, afternoons, we send out that message. Maybe your plan is, before I go to bed Friday night, I'm gonna keep my Bible right there by my, uh, on my nightstand, right by my lamp, and I'm gonna just read that passage Friday before I go to sleep. Or maybe it's a Saturday morning. Saturday morning, I'm going to get up, and I'm, or Sunday morning, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to read that passage, and I'm going to sit in that chair. Put your Bible right there. That'll help you. If you have a plan and you have a place, it'll help you build that habit. And this, reading the Bible regularly, will help you grow in being a disciple. Okay? S- second is Making. Making. Making disciples. This is what we are called to do. Making disciples. The definition that we're going to give today about making disciples is this. Am I helping someone else grow in Christ? You sense the build, right? Be is personal. Am I growing in Christ? Make is relational. Am I helping someone else grow in Christ? Christ this is where it gets it begins to get us out of ourselves and out of the idea that we can all have this privatized faith but making disciples is the call of every Christian everyone that says that Jesus is their savior you're called to make disciples that's what it says in Matthew chapter 28 go therefore and see I'm not making it up Make disciples. Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe. I love this word, and I'm going to come back to it in a second. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. All that I have commanded you. You see, what I love about this verse when you talk about uh, d- helping someone else grow in their relationship with Christ is this teaching them to observe, means teaching them to obey. You could, you could have a, uh, that is a synonym here, but I love that it uses the word observe. Because what we all know about the things that we learn from others is things are taught and things are caught. People observe your life a lot more than they listen to your words and discipleship is the exact same way it, it, it's a caught and taught aspect that's why we need you to be around other believers to help them grow so the habit that we want you to build into uh, your regular lives is the habit is this meet with someone regularly to help them grow Meet with someone regularly to help them grow. Now, again, this is self-directed. I didn't say weekly. I didn't say daily. I didn't say every morning. I didn't say every Tuesday. But meeting with someone regularly to help them grow. Are you meeting with someone regularly with the intention of helping them grow in their spiritual walk with Jesus? Just meet with someone Now, many of you already do this where you're meeting regularly to help people grow. If you are, for instance, if you're leading a table at Band of Brothers, awesome. You're meeting regularly. Why are you doing that? To help those guys grow. Women in the Word, if you're leading one of those tables, you're meeting regularly to help them grow. If you're serving in student ministry, you're doing the same. If you're serving in children's ministry... You're you're meeting regularly to help those folks grow. That's all we're asking you to do, is to have that intentionality to help people grow in their faith. Now, very quickly, let me go ahead and cover some of the rebuttals that all of you have right now as you dig in your heels in your mind, because I, I I know they're there. The first one is, Cody, I can't help anyone grow. It, it says, I've got I've to teach people. That's why I told you that discipleship is taught and caught. And remember, it's teaching them all that he has commanded whom? You. Which means you are supposed to be sharing what God has taught you with other folks so that they can see the difference that Christ is making in your life, therefore being encouraged and inspired to follow Christ themselves. If you think about the people that have helped you grow in your faith the most, I guarantee you that the majority of the people that we are thinking about do not have a seminary degree. Guarantee you. They're people that follow Jesus and rub shoulders with you on a daily basis. That you go, that's what that looks like. That's what it means to love your wife, that's what it means to love your kids. That's what it means to be a Christian businesswoman. That's what the, oh, I'm, I'm catching that. That's what it takes. And meeting with those folks regularly. See, you don't have to be a theological expert in order to disciple or help someone else grow. You just need to be, one, one step ahead of them, and maybe that's even in life stage. And two, be available to help them and encourage them to grow, Rebuttal number two, well, Cody, that sounds arrogant, that I will meet with someone to help them grow. It would be arrogant if I was asking you to make them into your likeness. But I'm not asking you to make them into your likeness. I'm asking you to help them grow in their Christ-likeness. I'm asking you to help them be more like him. How's that arrogant? To say, I want to help you be more like Jesus, and I need to be more like Jesus, too. And I guarantee you, the people that make disciples end up being made into disciples more and more. It it goes both ways. So it's not arrogant to say that you want to help someone grow in their spiritual life. And then the third rebuttal is, well, Cody, how am I supposed to know if they're growing? I can't make them grow. You're right. You cannot make someone grow, but you can be intentional about their spiritual growth. You can be intentional about saying, hey, can I pray for you? Can I, can I encourage you? Hey, can I tell you a scripture that I read this week that encouraged me and challenged me? You can do that when you meet with someone on a regular basis, because this is in the context of relationship. This, this isn't going up to random people going, I will make you into a disciple, you know? Again, context relationship, okay? You're right, you can't make anyone grow, but you can be intentional about their spiritual growth. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, Paul said, I planted seeds, Apollos watered, but God caused the growth. But notice the intentionality. There was an intentional seed planted, there was intentional watering, fertilizing, nurturing the seed, and then God causes the growth. So God can cause that growth. And so we, we are asking that you meet with someone ready to be intentional about their spiritual growth, which, by the way, if you don't know where to start, start at home. Discipleship has to start at home. I don't care how old your kids are, but especially if your kids live at home, be intentional. Be intentional about their spiritual growth. The boys and I, every morning, 7.55, there are on this ottoman that we have in our home. 7.55, we read a scripture and we talk about it. I ordered this book off of Amazon. It was no good, okay? I adjust it. it, it there, there's no perfect solution. This is self-directed. But you've got to be intentional about your own children's spiritual growth if you don't know where to start. But we're going to help you, okay? This is the habit. We're going to help you. Help. Attend our MAKE conference this spring. We are going to put on a MAKE conference this spring, and we are hosting Jonathan Murphy. Many of you have heard him preach. Uh, He did his dissertation on Barnabas in the book of Acts, making disciples, that was his dish. So he's gonna teach us about how Barnabas did that, and he's gonna draw some principles for us of how to identify people, how to invest in people, and how to authentically influence those for their own Christ-likeness. So attend our conference this spring, the M.A.T.E. conference. And then finally, reach. Reach. We're talking about the blue ring now, the reach ring. And the definition that we're gonna give for reach is this. Am I sharing Christ with others? Am I sharing Christ with others? Now, immediately, some of you are scared to death. You think I'm going to send you out to Sundance Square with a sandwich board. (laughs) Uh, And that is not what I'm asking you to do. At all. For those of you who know me, you know that's not what I'm asking you to do. Again, the context is relationship, and we're talking about tweaks and small wins. But if we are not looking at how to introduce Christ into our regular relationships, then we are selling God short of what he can do, and we are stunting our growth as disciples. Because remember, all three rings matter. And I'll show you that from Scripture. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, listen to what Jesus says here. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Do you notice all three rings are in this verse? You notice that, right? Yes? Okay, okay. Hang with me here. Follow me. This is what ring, B, and I will make you make fishers of men, reach. It's it's all right here, which tells me this, that you cannot call yourself a follower of Christ and not care about the eternity of other people. You can't, it's impossible. If you are following him, you care about other people. He's making you care about other people. This is, what he tell, this is what he tells you. This is what he makes us into because he's giving us his heart. And his heart was to come for people, to save them. And we've got to have those same hearts, that same intentionality with those folks around us. Now, this is certainly in the context of fishermen. This is when Jesus calls Peter and Andrew, and they drop their net. They were fishing in the Sea of Galilee. They drop their nets, and they follow him. So they would have understood this analogy of, I was fishing for fish. Now you want me to fish for men. And that would have applied to them, and they would have understood it. But honestly, guys, the the same principles of fishing, those still apply to sharing Christ with others when you think about fishing just for a second when you when you put a hook in the water there there's a gentleness right you, you can't stir up the water and then expect the fish to come there's a gentleness there's a patience to it you can't make the fish bite but you can put an attractive bait out there and you can put a hook in the water and that is putting Christ on display in your everyday life. So the habit that we're gonna ask you to build is this. Show and tell others of your relationship with Christ. Show and tell of your others of your relationship with Christ. And we talked about this in Acts 1-8 of being his witnesses, his eyewitnesses, telling of what we've seen and what we've heard Jesus do in our own lives. But show and tell about him. And if you don't know where to start, let's start here. First, do those around you know that you're a Christ follower? Start there. Do they know? Second, if they do, do they know of what Christ means to you? Not just that I am, not just that I go to church. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about do they know what difference he has made in your soul? That he's changed you, that he's transformed you, that he's set you on a completely different trajectory. That that's a totally different thing. But it's showing and telling of the difference that he's made in our lives. That honestly, folks, that that is attractive to the world. And I'm not we don't we don't want people to be attracted to us. We want people to be attracted to Christ. It's him, not us. And so the way that we're gonna help you do this to show and tell is write your story of how you came to know Christ. Write your story of how you came to know Christ. If you're in a home group, you're gonna be working on this one specifically. You're gonna be working on telling your story and what the different elements are Etc. But I also hope that we have a place on our website. We're we're working on this too. Have a place on our website where it'll tell you the different elements so that you can begin to type out your story of how you came to know Christ so that you can be ready to share. And also it will inspire others as your story is shared, obviously anonymously, but want to be able to share those stories of the difference that Jesus makes in our lives because when we share that, it not only inspires us, but it also gives us vision for those people around us. Because when we hear a story that we go, oh my gosh, that's just like my friend who. Jesus can change their life too, just like they changed theirs. see, we've got to show and tell. So this is where we're headed this next year. Nothing can become dynamic until it becomes specific. And these are the specifics that we're talking about, of being, making, and reaching others for Christ. Self-directed, small tweaks. Let me share with you one story that, that incorporates all of these rings that I just think is, is super cool. So I talked to a guy who goes to our church. He comes to the Fort Worth campus this past week. Um, he was going on a hunting trip, okay? He was going on a hunting trip, and he said before he left that he prayed, God, this is your trip. Do with me what you want to do. What does that sound like? Which ring? B, I like participation. You, know, you guys can talk. I mean, I know I'm telling you that 40 minutes in, but come on, okay? That is the what ring? B. God, I'm yours. Let's go. This is your trip. Yes, he wants to hunt, but I'm yours. He goes on this trip with a buddy. This is a buddy that he has been pouring into, being intentional about helping this buddy grow in his walk with Christ uh, for for years. They've been friends for years, but it's been an iron sharpening iron kind of thing, okay? But he's been pouring into this guy for years. What ring does that sound like? Thank you. Make. Making disciples. So they go on this hunting trip. At this, uh, at this certain place at camp, there are other people there. They're just not the only two. And so they eat meals together. They, they share, you know, they, they're sitting around the campfire at different times, etc. So they're hanging around. And he said, this guy that, that prayed, Jesus, I'm yours, he said the way that he was going to show and tell, he didn't use that language, but one of the things that he was going to do was just ask if before the meal, before everybody ate, if he could just say a prayer. And the prayer was just, he said it was really simple. God, thanks for these great guys and thanks for this food. Amen. But that was his way to say, hey, I'm I'm a a spiritual dude. I I love Jesus. That, That was his way of being his disciple, but also showing and telling. Fast forward just a tad bit. He gets sick. He can't hunt can't hunt, but his buddy can. So his buddy's out hunting, his buddy's out eating those meals, his buddy's out doing all these campfire times with all the other guys, and these guys are from out of state, everywhere, from all all over. They come back, and he, the one who prayed, God, this is your trip, is disappointed, because he said, God, I got sick the whole time. Like, I couldn't do anything for you. I couldn't talk to anybody about Jesus. I I, I felt like I made no eternal or spiritual difference for you on this trip. And then his buddy called him, the buddy that he's been helping, making, being intentional about spiritual growth. His buddy calls him, he says, you'll never guess what? He said, remember those two guys that we met who were on the trip and they were from out of state? He said, they just called me because we got to be friends sitting around the campfire while you were sick. Um, We got to be friends and they just called me and they just asked me a question. They just said, what is different about you two? He said, me and my buddy that I brought, we've been talking about it on our drive, hours-long drive home, and we cannot figure out what's different about you guys, but you have something that we don't have. And he said that led him to begin to talk about his relationship with Jesus, with these guys, and they're praying for him. Not, not that, they, not that this story doesn't end where everybody falls on their knees and trusts Jesus, Okay. But good tweaks and small wins, right? How huge is that? That is amazing that God is working in and through them and He's making a difference. He's showing people there's a difference here. Being intentional about that, making intentionality about pouring into other people, and then showing and telling of the difference that Jesus has made in your life. There's no way we're gonna reach the 800,000 unless. All of us, every single one of us, will be, make, and reach. Amen? Let me pray for us. God, we thank you for (laughs) fulfilling what you promised right here in Scripture. That if we'll just follow you, that you will continue to make us into fishers of other people. And so, Lord God, we're yours And we're gonna we're gonna set the expectations, we're gonna set the bar there, because Lord, we know that we're only given a short amount of time. And we wanna make the most of our time that you have given us. We wanna make the most of our lives for your sake because anything that we have is from you. And so, Lord God, would you help us to be making reach? Not for our glory's sake, not for closing the rings' sake but so that we can be the people that you've called us to be as a church. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.